Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And the Lord spoke to me about overcomers. This text really says something to us. It really says a bunch of things, but I want to look at three of them. But first of all, that there was a man who was sitting on the edge of the bed observing his wife. Summer break had just started. She was looking at herself in the mirror. And since her birthday wasn't far off, he said, Honey, what would you like? It's summertime, you know. Kids are at summer camp. What would you like for your birthday? And she's just kind of checking herself out and kind of like looking sad. And she kind of goes like this and she goes, Honey, I'd like to be six again. And she's still looking in the mirror and he goes, Okay. So on the morning of her birthday, he got up early made her a big bowl of Lucky Charms. Then he took her to Six Flags and he put her on all of the rides. What a day. The death slide, the wall of fear, the screaming monster roller coaster. Five hours later, they staggered. And that's what you do when you get older, out of the theme park. Her head was reeling and her stomach felt upside down. But no, they didn't go home straight to McDonald's for a happy meal. With the prize, extra fries, chocolate shake, then off to a movie, an animated feature, popcorn, soda, and her favorite candy, M&M's. What a fabulous adventure. Finally, she wobbled home with her husband and collapsed into bed, exhausted. And he kind of snuggled up to her and he said, Dear, what was it like being six again? And her eyes slowly opened and her expression changed. She said, I meant my dress size. But we find that in the word of God, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The Bible says that there are three things. First of all, there is a contrast. Then there's a conflict. And ultimately, there's a choice. There's a lot that's said in the word of God here. And when you read the word of God, there's a lot in a small statement in the Word of God. Have you ever read like one thing in the Word of God and like, wow, that means a lot. The Bible says, and Paul speaking for, uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit, the word overcome, it comes, it's where we get the word Nike. Anyone's probably, someone's probably wearing Nikes in here. You wear Nikes? No. no? I have a Nike shirt. Okay. I wear the word Nike means to subdue, to conquer, to overcome, to prevail, to get the victory. I was reading that in, and I don't know how accurate it is, in the early church they would go around and ask, hey, have you got the victory? And that was how they greeted one another. They were overcomers. This word, be an overcomer, subdue the enemy. So the first thing you see in this scripture, there's a contrast, isn't there? There's to be an overcomer. Or not to be an overcomer. And there's two choices. You know, the Bible says there's two. There's not, what is it, 31 flavors? There's not 31 choices. And I understand uh, there's a lot of different choices, but not with God. It's either to be overcome or to overcome yourself. There's a contrast, though, isn't there? It's not, you know, when you see someone who's a real Christian, and I'm not talking about a churchgoer or someone who reads their Bible. They're just really a different kind of person. 
And people will look at you and they're like, man, you got the shine or you've got, uh, where do you go to church? Because there's something different in your life. I see a contrast. We uh, used to work for a place that did headstones and it was a laser machine and they would take a dark granite and the laser would etch off the top part of the granite and it would be light. And the picture would show up because of the contrast of dark to light. If it was a light-colored granite, you wouldn't see much of a picture because it would be light and light. But the Bible says in the very beginning when God got involved, He created the heavens and the earth. But then the Bible said something happened. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. But then the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, God said, let there be a contrast. You know, whatever God comes in. And the word He said was light. And the Bible said, there was light. And it said, God saw the light and it said that it was good that God divided the light from the darkness you know that when God makes things they're good things and the Bible said that at the end of Genesis chapter 1 he saw everything that he had made and behold Genesis chapter 1 and verse 31 it was very good you see that when God makes things they're good but you see there's a contrast between good and evil and as we get into the next thing but when God does something and we know that Adam sold out in the garden of Eden and desired to do uh, to be overcome instead of being an overcomer but Jesus came back and he was born of a virgin and died on a cross and he said I have overcome the world. Jesus brought us back to that good standing, that contrast of good and evil. God brought us back to the good. The Bible says in Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing. You know, when you're a Christian, you can have a confidence, not self-confidence, but God confidence that he which hath begun a good work, not just a work. You know, when someone came and spoke to Jesus and said, good master, and he said, why callest thou me good? There's only one good, who? But God. There's none good but one, that's God. But you know what? A good God does good work. And if someone said, ain't God good, if someone said all the time. But the Bible said, he hath begun a good work and you will perform what? A good work until the day of Jesus Christ. And you see, becoming an overcomer, it's that contrast of light and darkness that God makes us light and God continues to do a good work in us. And that brings the second thing of this scripture. There is a contrast night and day. You know, when I got saved, my parents thought I joined a cult. Maybe my mom's going to listen to this. And uh, you know that after many years, they began to realize that, you know, this wasn't a cult thing. It was a Bible thing. It was a God thing. But because my life changed so suddenly, there was such a contrast that like, oh, and I got saved in Southern California. And let me tell you, there's no shortage of, I won't even say it because it's, but there's no shortage of interesting people in Southern California, right? And I thought they were crazy before I got saved. But after I got saved, I realized, wow, you know what? They're crazy, but they're good. And there's a good God that saved me and a good God that made me different. It was a contrast. I went from dark to light. I began to be an overcomer. But you see, there's also, you notice in the scripture, there's a conflict. There's a fight. The Bible talks a lot about fighting. I read this. uh, It said 90% of solving a problem is realizing there is one. Another man said, he said, 
He said the illusion of communication is that it actually took place. You ever tell someone something and they're like, uh-huh, and I didn't hear it. You know, they had all the kinds of things. Now they'll hear, do you want some Skittles? They'll hear, do you want $20? They'll hear, do you want to watch a movie till three in the morning? But clean your room? Uh, I didn't hear you. The illusion of communication is that it actually took place. Well, the illusion of a problem is realizing. Men, there's a problem. Brethren, this scripture says Houston... We have a problem. The Bible said that we're either overcome, we're defeated, or we have the victory. But the Bible said this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The Bible said that we can uh, overcome evil. We can. I was sharing with someone Job chapter 1 and verse 10. It really touched my heart. And I'm reading Job, and it really shows you the fight that goes on. It's not about you. It's not about your antioxidants. It's not about working out. It's not about just reading your Bible. There is a real spiritual warfare. So in Job chapter 1, we get like a view that heaven, uh, from heaven, and there's some kind of gathering in heaven. And the angels, they're called sons of God. They come up and present themselves before the Lord. And then the enemy of our soul Somehow he comes in there too. I don't know how he got in. Maybe he had an extra pass from like before he got saved, before he, before he uh, uh, defeated, was defeated and cast out of heaven. But I don't know. He was there. And he said, where you been? He said, I've been up and walking up and down and going to and fro in the earth. I've been looking around. And the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? And he said, Job doesn't fear you for nothing. And then look what the Satan said. Now, this is a frank admission from the father of lies because he's not lying to God. This is a statement of truth from the enemy of your soul. Notice this. Job chapter one, verse 10. Hast thou not made an hedge, a wall about him? I like that. Have you ever seen, uh, like they say, protected by ADT? I saw this sticker. And it was on a house, and it said, this house is protected by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm like, man, that's the Bible says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. But brethren, that's my security system. And that was Job's security system. And that's an overcomer's security system. We are hedged about. But you know what? Satan would have destroyed him if the hedge wasn't there. You know that we're not protected by some guns or even the Second Amendment's a blessing. Brethren, we're protected from spiritual destruction by God himself. And But then Satan says, and about his house and about all that he hath on every side. You even protect his pets, God. God is just like that. He hedges us. And then, and it said, thou hast blessed the work of his hands. And then, not only do you keep them all blocked in, God from me destroying his life and destroying his family, but you bless the things that he does. And then the notice, so he's hedged, he's blessed, and then the third thing that the, the, the Satan admitted to God, his substance is increased in the land. So not only do you protect him, but then you bless him, and then you actually, uh, of all of the things that I try to destroy him with, you still increase him anyway. Man, I like that. I, I talked to one brother some years ago and he said, every time I lose a job, I get a job that pays me more. And you know, the devil tries to destroy you. He tries to knock you down. God increases you anyway. Why? 
because it shows the devil's like, there's nothing I can do as long as your hand is on Job. And we know from the word of God that God took his hand off for a little bit and Satan began to afflict Job. But the end of Job, he had twice as much as he did at the beginning. He was increased anyway because when God is in our life, whatever we go through, we are an overcomer. Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. He was getting ready to go to the cross. In the world you shall have tribulation. Brother, there's a conflict when you serve God. Expect it. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, overcomers win the fight. You know what's been said? It ain't over till it's over. I used to really follow the Dallas Cowboys because they were like a fourth quarter team. And the four quarters of fourth football, they might be down, but man, it's not over till it's over. It's not over till the time runs out. And they would come and they would come back and they would win the game in the fourth quarter. You see, it's not just the play, but it's till the game is over. And you know, don't count God out. God is here in the conflict to help us to win. And I'm thankful for the fight. Brethren, people gather to watch a fight. You ever been in a school? Two kids start fighting? What do kids do? Stop. You're going to hurt them. Someone get the teacher. That's not what I remember. Okay, here's what happens when there's a fight. Kids gather around. And what do they say? Fight, 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 fight. There's something about that. Say, preacher, that's wrong. Whether it's right or it's wrong, that's what happens. Because the world likes a fight. They'll pay to watch a UFC fight. They'll pay to watch an MMA fight. They'll pay to watch a jujitsu competition. Why? We like the struggle. They'll pay to watch football, which is basically modern-day gladiators beating up one another and crushing one another into the ground. But you know what? God has a fight. Timothy was told, fight the good fight. Uh, the Bible says, fight the fight of faith. Paul said, I fought my fight. I finished my course. Paul said, I'm a fighter. There's a conflict and I'm a winner. The last thing is a choice. It's a choice. He said, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. You can do one or the other. But you know what? I've been overcome. Have you ever been just overcome and you're you know, you're overcome with just, just like di- distressed and you're down and you're, you know, emotional and everything else. But I've recognized that. You see, why am I making this choice? You see, I need to take that Christian vitamin. It said, be not overcome. It's an identity thing. Be not that way. You ever said to someone, don't be that way or fine, be that way, right? Because it's an identity, right? But Paul said, be not overcome. Be not depressed. Be not discouraged. Be not cast down. And you know what? We need to take the Christian vitamin. What is that? Be one. We need to get that Christianity inside of us. The Bible says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. It doesn't matter what you face. Say, preacher, but I can't overcome. No, you can't. But Christ in you, the hope of glory can. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he? That overcometh the world, but he that believeth. Here's the key. That Jesus is the Son of God. Who is he that overcometh the world? Who is she that overcometh the world? Say, preacher, how do I make that choice? Jesus, I believe that you can do it. I'm going to make that choice. And the Bible said in the book of Revelation. It's interesting. 
The word overcometh is in the letters to the churches in chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Revelation seven times. And that number of completion, he that overcometh, he that overcometh, he that overcometh, because the church is an overcoming church. But in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, and they overcame him, who? The enemy, the devil, by the blood of the lamb. The blood has never lost its power. The blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Christ that redeems us has never lost its power. 2,000 years ago, you know lithium batteries have that full charge until they give out. They'll just be going, way on your drill, and then it'll just die, right? But you see, the blood of Jesus Christ will never lose its power. You get that full power from now until eternity. The blood will never use its, lose its power. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by what? The word of their testimony, but with heads bowed and eyes closed, you see the testimony was a key to declaring their overcoming. The testimony was a key. And you know what? This church challenge this summer is a key to you overcoming. Hey, you want to come to church, man? What? I'm overcoming. I'm overcoming my fears. I'm overcoming my insecurity. I'm overcoming my inferiority. I'm overcoming, you know, when, when uh, you get down or uh, the Bible uh, or the, the enemy comes against you, speak that testimony. No, I am redeemed by the blood of God. I am not a sinner, but I'm saved. I'm saved by his love. I'm blessed by the best. I have his grace pouring over me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer.